0: Gentlemen, welcome to a new another episode of Youth Plus Radio. Ooh. Today, I am excited, guys. We are joined by an amazing lady, one who's been with us since we started, um, all the way from 2017. Mm-hmm. Her, her name is Nyawera Gashuki. Um, she's a TV host at KTN. Yes. Um, a lead strategist at Torah Communications. Sure, Christine. An author. <laughs> Um, what's your book called? That sounds so fancy. It's a devotional. <laughs> She's an author, guys, uh-huh. and a corporate MC and host. Yes. Sana Thank Nyavera. you
1: so much. Thank you so much. I think I'm so excited to be here. Um, yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy. Can Karibu. you see that?
0: Um, the pressure of interviewing someone who's in media is high, but guys, <laughs> we'll do this. <laughs> What, what you if do I don't it? me, it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm nervous? You didn't Are you? <laughs> <laughs> Completely. <laughs> that makes me feel better. <laughs> okay, we're in this together. <laughs> Good. So today we're going to be talking pretty much about your entrepreneurship journey, Super. what it is that you do, okay. the, um, how you've gotten there, and what the future looks like for you. I love it. So, Karibu, Sana. Asante, Asante, Santi. So, we'll get um, right into it. Yes. Tell us about Nyawira. Who's Nyawira? Mm. No,
1: that's usually the hardest question. And I've been watching weird people who tell you how to answer this question on interviews, but they never get it right. I think I am a woman, and I'm a wife. I am a lover of good conversation. And I think that expresses itself in different places. And yeah, I am a very noisy person. I love a good laugh all the time. If there's no laughter in a space, I don't belong there. But yeah, um, contrary to popular belief, I'm not as deep as people think I am. I'm actually very, I'm always looking for a silly moment, a very silly moment. But this is who I am.
0: Mm-hmm. Nice. Good, good stuff. Mm-hmm. Sonia Vera, quickly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you're one very confident person. Mm-hmm. Please tell us where that comes from because most of us struggle with that. <laughs> Does, is it something you were born with? Is mm-hmm. it something that you picked up along the way? How did that come about?
1: First, thank you that you perceive it that way. Um, I mask confidence very well. I was brought up in a very, 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 very um, unique family where my mom and dad were very keen on you expressing yourself and being clear about what you're saying. From an early age, I remember my dad would be very keen on when we... Actually, my mom, when we go places, is, why didn't you say anything? And that became something that was normal. Now my siblings, if you think me, I'm confident. Oh, you haven't seen. <laughs> they are extremely confident. And so, being the last born, and I came into this home, I found everybody that way. And so that became a part of my life. Now, am I confident all the time? No, no, no. Don't be cheated. Don't be cheated. Another no, time, I was at an event recently, and everyone was like, "Hey, Akiwa, you go on the microphone. You're so outspoken. <laughs> they don't know their motives. So you have a sweat from the back? Even here, you wonder." Are there, pause there. How can I be sweating from there? But that's, it. I think, um, I get amazed when people think it's confidence, but I think the trick is just showing up even though you're nervous. That's the biggest trick in life. Yeah. And many guys ask, so oh, how can I become more confident? There's no science. Just show up.
0: You do um, have a few tips for oh, us. Oh,
1: there's nothing. There's n- <laughs> and I think confidence is something you must have. Whether in life, there's, and people say it, and it's interesting, I'm talking about this about entrepreneurs, is that confidence is such a big sale if you're not confident in who you are and what you're offering, no one will believe in it because even you don't believe in it. But the test with confidence and how you know you have it is that you're not necessarily cocky or arrogant or proud. No, 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 no. You are, you become, you're so aware of yourself that you don't need to prove yourself to anybody. Yeah, is that if you're soft-spoken, that could still be confidence. It's just that you don't speak like the way me loudly speak. So
0: there are levels to it, but yeah. Amazing. Let's talk about your book, The Long Post Alert. Yes.
1: Mm. Now, let me just make it clear for everybody who is watching us that it's not necessarily a book. So there are two series. So The Long Post Alert Devotional is our two, it's a series of devotionals. And I'm very far from even where I wanted it to be. But it's, the first one was 14 days um, reflecting on anxiety. And then 21 days reflecting on identity. Now, I'm a believer. And one of my biggest definitions in life is that I am as good as what God says I am. And so when I consider, I share, one of the things I'm passionate about is only sharing what I've been through. I don't like quoting, you know, according to Dr. King, according to Maya Angelou. (laughs) They are great and deep, but I feel like the most powerful story is your own. And I have come to realize that in doing that, you find even you're more impactful. And so the first devotional was about anxiety. In the thick of COVID, I was extremely anxious. You know, you're waking up in the night like, I'm awake. What am I doing? What's going on in my life? I'm
0: stuck. I'm stuck. I'm
1: stuck. And I began to wonder, does God understand what anxiety is? And true to it, I began to do a lot of reading. And even if you read the devotional, many of the reflections of the day are stories I've gone through. And it helps a lot. Yeah. So... That's really what the devotional is. There are many series about different things that happen in life. And so I'm waiting for many things in my life to happen because those will all be in a devotional eventually. Uh But yeah, that's about what Long Postalat is.
0: So who is it for? It's for
1: everybody. Mm -hmm. As long as you're on this earth as a human being, it's not for women only. It's for men. Women are a big audience because we like to read and spend a lot of time reflecting and introspecting, apart from men who enjoy therapy. But they are people, it's for anybody. I think as long as you are... Within the threshold of 15, from 15, you can read the devotional. I think younger, you'd still need to process it a bit differently.
0: Yeah. Good So stuff. get yours. I will. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm sure as a young entrepreneur, there's yes. so many challenges you've experienced, um, especially being a young lady mm. in a male-dominated business world. So what are some of the challenges you've experienced, um, you faced rather, and how have you overcome them?
1: Such a great question, because one of the things I've come to learn as I've become older, because you know now when you cross certain age, you're now officially ancient, but I remember thinking about this question when I had just joined KTN, because the perception of women in media is very sexist, is that you have to present a certain way. You have to look the part this way all the time. You have to be in certain dressing, you know, and these are the women we see as well. And not to say that these are all the women, but these are the women that become the superstars. And then nobody wants to enter an industry and not become a superstar. But I remember one of the conversations I had with myself is there has to be a distinction. It's not welcome all the time. For sure it's not. Um, The people who think that you're too modest, the people who don't take you very seriously. And I think the most common that has happened, I think almost every time, even, I mean... it's so common, and I think you'd relate to this, is that when you enter a room, in the man, in the, the dominant man in the room thinking that you're here as nothing, you know, like, and you start to feel, now here, I have to prove myself, I'm here as, and <laughs> it really doesn't, you don't have to. Yeah. But I think for me, one of the biggest challenges mm-hmm. I've had to face is showing up mm-hmm. into those rooms, even when I'm very scared. I think as an entrepreneur, you suffer from chronic fear syndrome. Yeah. You fear every day will you make will you make money will i pay my bills how will i survive jesus the sweat is too much you know and the misconception is that that doesn't make the journey happy and that the journey is unworthy but i've come to learn that overcoming those challenges is not saying that they're behind me Mm -hmm. is that i know that they're there and i can preempt them i can tell okay at this point in time you're going to be very scared because this deal isn't coming through you know the comfort of an 8-to-5 job is that, whether you do it, whether you don't, you, get eh, you just show up in the office and smile, file your nails, Facebook, oh wow, this girl is doing so well with her life! <laughs> and then you realise to yourself, I'm really doing nothing. But I feel like the entrepreneurship journey is so rewarding because you get to express yourself and become more creative and challenge yourself, be afraid, hate yourself, cry in the shower. And I tell you, cry, cry for long. Because you want guy. what's happening? Is this the life I signed up for? But I think the reward is that you the only way to overcome the challenges that are going to come, because I know many of the guys watching have a relatability to this story, is the easiest way to do it is just preempt the problem. There's nothing new. I can tell you for sure, if you're starting the journey, you go deep. Then you have a high, then you go deep again. And then you hit the journey, then you start again. It's a very predictable cycle. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that it's the end for you. It just means that you need to realize that you're going to come out of it eventually. Yeah. So being hopeful is important. It's very important.
0: So now what keeps you going after the challenges? One, my sanity
1: is very crucial for me. Mm -hmm. So I intentionally find time to just be with myself. And contrary to popular belief, as a loud and explicit, sanguine, extrovert, and everything loud about life, that silence calms me. And so what keeps me going sometimes is the desire to do more things. Yeah, you know, I, it sounds like such a corny way of saying it, but I think there are levels to entrepreneurship, the people who are doing it for profit, people who are doing it for um, impact, people who are doing it for an Instagram page where you're in a suit every day, looking like you're serious and chasing it, bad girl, <laughs> boss babe a <alert>. lot, <laughs> but there are people who are doing it to change people's lives, and I think that's the direction I am taking, and so it's usually awkward because I, I don't perceive it as entrepreneurship. I, it's, it's a strange way, but I feel like God has given money to my purpose. That I feel like when I leave this earth, like I'll be able to say I impacted so many people's lives. And alongside that, I got a reward on earth, Yeah, which I am waiting on patiently (laughs) but I think that's what keeps me going is that there are more people to touch lives there are more people to impact there are more people to transform there are more people to challenge your thinking to transform there's so many things you need to do and if I give up now what will be said of me yeah so that keeps me going
0: okay Mm -hmm. so here at youth Plus, we talk about um a lot about mentorship Mm -hmm. because in this journey you need people who will mentor you hold your hand so please tell us about that and how you've used your mentors to get to where you are? Mm,
1: That's a great... And the role
0: of mentors in your life?
1: That's a really good question.
0: One, um, I
1: struggle with the word mentor because I feel like it's so ambiguous or I feel like it's really been misused in our society. So people who have worked with me work with me in different ways. And I think I would credit this a lot to a few women that I know have really held my hand. One, my family are really big for me. They have been a great pillar of support. And I think the thing with family for anyone is that, and maybe not for everyone, but they become the reminder that you're doing this for something bigger, but that's one of them. The other people that I would credit are women I found who were doing what I was doing and allowed me to be around them when they were doing it. And maybe this is for anybody that is younger, Being mentored is not being given the opportunity all the time. Sometimes being mentored is just being around where it is. And for us young people, because I eternally will deem myself as young, is we fight with that a lot because Mm -hmm. we feel like when we're being made to just sit, we're being stalled. And I've seen the power of learning when you're being stalled. Like you just see and you think, wow. And yeah, there you dodged a bullet. If it comes my way, I'll dodge it as well. And then it comes your way and you don't dodge it. In fact, you suffer death and you just die there. But the, the reward is that um, the women and men who've worked with me in my mm-hmm. journey have allowed me to learn a lot. And I don't take learning lightly, but I do know, and maybe this is a, a part B of this statement, is that in equal measure, be careful who mentors you. Because you are young, ambitious, and driven, some people can use that to their advantage with no gain for you. Mm -hmm. I think there should be a metric of mentorship where when we meet together, we say, okay, yeah, I'm taking this from you, and you, you're taking this from me. Are we together? Because sometimes when it's unaddressed, the expectations can go on Ghana, and you start to think to yourself, ooh, I've just wasted a whole day of my life working with this guy, but he did nothing for me, and I did nothing for him. So that's, that's my thinking of mentorship. Now, who would I credit? Many people, extremely. Some far from me. I don't have illusionary mentors. People who I watch are not mentors. <laughs> they are points of aspiration, mm-hmm. but they are not mentors. I think mentors have to see you naked and painful. And naked not to mean the context you're thinking, but naked to mean extremely vulnerable. And I think I would credit a few women, I think, in my opinion. People like Kabuta who I met when I was working at Sound. and to date is still very keen on my journey. Um, people like Joy, Washira, who's um, also still very relevant in my story, um, yeah, I think those two have been very pivotal in my journey. They have been very key on pushing me in a certain direction and so eternally grateful. So I work for them, I work with them and then we work together.
0: us more about Torah communication mm-hmm. where you're a lead
1: strategist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, when I say the name of the company, everybody thinks, wow,
0: so what does this mean?
1: So one day, I was using the shower. And I say genuinely. I was in the shower minding my business and just taking a long, nice hot shower. And then I felt, now what would I call this company? And the day before, I think some aunts of mine had come to visit. And they were just talking, having a usual not useless really, but a relevant conversation. In Kikuyu, it's just motion. But I listened to them talking, talking. And one of my aunts said, In Kikuyu, do you need a translator? Because women from where I am are very hostile. Like, Kikuyu is very violent. And it's for no reason. But she, <laughs> she said it. And I wondered, huh? And she said it in Kikuyu. And I wondered, what is that? What has she said? And so in two, Passion, I went and I asked my dad, What does this word mean? And in Kikuyu, it said Taora. Mm -hmm. Right? So I said, huh, let's Google what this means. And when I Googled, I realized in the Bantu language, because we are all Bantu, in the south, it means to listen. And in our Kikuyu language, it means to interpret. And I think that's the anchor of what communication is, listening and interpreting. So it sounds so deep, doesn't it? Very. Yeah, thank you. Hence the ear in the logo. (laughs) But um, Torah has been in existence for what? What? Three years now. Mm-hmm. In those three years, it has only come alive this year. I think alive effectively to mean there's money coming in and there's money coming out and there's effective workload now. But it's a communication agency that has over the years, well, over the years sounds like it's been there for fifty years, but over the three years it's been in existence has changed in its direction severely. My biggest interest at the time I was starting was primarily events Mm -hmm. and strategy. But then my direct sphere of impact was always the music industry. And so when I would hang out many artists, I'd realize, oh my God, you're a stray bullet. It's only God who has made you succeed. You have no plan. (laughs) Like if your brand dies tomorrow, it can't come alive. It didn't exist. You are just a name. And I did that for a few people and it became very, very, it became something But it wasn't able to be sustained for obvious reasons. Um, Our music industry isn't there yet in Kenya. And so I had a difficult conversation with myself because I'm married to an artist. And in my head, I was like, guy, now this one, how will I help him? And then I realized there are many ways (laughs) to help him just get his brand right. And I don't think his brand is where it should be yet, but it's a process. And I think he's headed somewhere. But um, all this to say, it has evolved over time. And now it's becoming more impactful in the event
0: space. Yes. So you said you started three years ago. Yes. But were only able to actually... Come alive. Yeah. Yes, this in year. This year. Mm-hmm. So most entrepreneurs would have given up the first two years. What kept you going? Because, <laughs> No, seriously, it's a conversation we need to have. Most guys, after the first year, they'd have given up. Yes. Second year,
1: not, this, is no not, need. this is not happening. Yeah.
0: But you in your third year is when things came to life. First,
1: let me just say, you're doing a really good job. Mm-hmm. You're asking, like, all the right questions. And I can feel like, is this how people feel? <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> My heart is beating so fast. But and no one has asked me this question. And I think it's a great question because of only one reason. Mm-hmm. It draws me to a lot of vulnerability. Did I give up? Yes. 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 You know, when the guy was registering the company, he told me, oh, okay, so the accounts are ready. I told him, what for? <laughs> You can give them. <laughs> you stay them. I don't care. Mm-hmm. And you know how bad it was? I only got my checkbooks this year. And I think people don't talk about it, but uh, entrepreneurial dips are very big trauma. You know, you don't see them. You start to wonder to yourself, okay, I'm here again. I know how this feels. And I did give up. You know, I'd be lying. The fancy words we use is that we strategized. No, we paused it. We put it in a folder and we put it under a table because it was so useless. And many at times, and it's interesting, is that in those three years, I never even used to associate with it, you know? Only this year, they say, by the day now, you need to start talking about it because yeah. it needs to start coming alive. And I think the trick with that deep for any entrepreneur who's watching is to just have the right people around you. You know, sometimes you can believe that you're the worst at everything, Christine. You think in your head, I may mean, can't do this thing, but if you have the person next to you telling you you can and is showing you how you're doing it, not just to fans, my fanatics, oh, Christine, no, people who actually are telling you you're good at this because you do this. And I think that's what kept me. I will say it for sure mm-hmm. that in that deep, you will hate the work, you'll hate the vision, you'll hate talking about it and explaining it to people. But just because you hate it doesn't mean it hasn't been given to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean in the faith I believe in is that I believe whatever you're given, if you don't do it, it's given to somebody else. And I'd hate for me to go to heaven on that big day because I usually feel like it's gonna be a big entrance, is that I and, and hear <laughs> God say, But they give you this thing, what did you do? And then I say, So you send me back and I go do it again, there won't be time. And so we have this time frame on earth, and if we don't maximize it with every gift. Yeah, you'll be useless. And I don't want to be ever said that. Not in heaven. You know you can't get embarrassed in heaven. You can't go hiding the light. <laughs> You're done for good. <laughs> so yeah. That's that's why I never give up. Good, yeah.
0: I never give up.
1: Yeah. I I'll remember this conversation. In fact, I'll cut this clip and just keep it there. <laughs> and I give please, up. By all means I shall.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Um so now you mm-hmm. a lot of young um, ladies especially, do a lot of inspiration from you in yes. You may know it, you may not know it. Uh, what advice would you give such a person <laughs> <laughs> who looks at you and like, oh my God, that girl, one day, yeah, mm, I'd like to be like her. Mm. What advice would you give?
1: Them? <laughs> I don't know why you're inspired. Maybe that's what I want to tell the girl. <laughs> like, I don't know what inspires you because you and me, I'm on my journey. But I think if there's something that you see in me and you resonate with, I think it's in you. Yeah. I, I think if you see me and you think, wow, that girl. You know, let me share. When I was younger, extremely younger, I used to watch, um, at the time it used to be on KBC, when we had good KBC, no hate, they're coming alive. <laughs> is When we used to have KBC, they used to have shows like, they used to cast some airtime of ABC, mm-hmm. American Broadcasting Corporation. And so they'd have shows like Everybody Loves Raymond and then they'd mm-hmm. have shows like Oprah. And I remember when I used to come from school, I always watched Oprah. And the time she was Oprah, like she was the grand and mighty. And every time I listened to her interview people, I felt it, like I was like, that's me, me, that's me. It's just I don't have the big hair, I don't have a million dollars in my account every two seconds, I don't wear real diamonds, you know, I can't. for the life of me, that's not where I am. I was probably a 10, 12 year old, who was mm-hmm. just ambitious. But when I saw her, it wasn't the person, it was her ability to relate with people as people. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, that's become such an anchor in my thinking is that any time I have a conversation with anybody, if I can't relate with you as a human being, we are not talking to each other. This is so useless. Yeah, because what are we talking about your hair? <laughs> it's coming off tomorrow. We don't care. <laughs> but if you see something in your way and you think, wow well, it's probably inside you. Yeah, so don't idolize the person. The person is full of so many flaws, mm-hmm. but whatever you see, you can become, and you probably have it, just bring it out. But I will say this, we're all on our journey, and just because you see the things you like, be careful to also look out for the things you don't like, because I think a full picture has to have everything. Yeah, I'm, I'm not good, but they're far from it. In fact, at times I wonder to myself, if God made me God for that day... <laughs> The things I wouldn't do. But because he hasn't made me God, it means I'm full of a lot of flaws and problems. And so even the girls would come up and say, oh my God, please mentor me. I said, no, I have nothing to mentor you for. <laughs> in fact, you mentor me. You look like your life is in order. <laughs> but it's, it's the purity of life that in the same way you're inspired by me, I would tell you, look out for a full picture yeah, I'm not as good as you'd think. I, I've had my fair dealings with people. I have, I, have hurt, I have hurt people in the same measure I've been hurt. I have been offended in the same measure I've offended. You know, I have I'm, I'm many flaws, yeah, packaged in good mould. <laughs> but I will say that even though whatever you see, believe it. Yeah, because I also try and portray a very authentic picture here. Yeah. You know, the other day I met some girls in town where <laughs> they I had like the lowest esteem. So mm-hmm. I had my I had no makeup on. So I was just walking in town. Yeah, I had no care in the world. If you see me in town, that day actually I was in San and so our town, so my nails are looking a bit dusty. So I was just walking in town minding my business and this girl comes to me, Oh my god, Miss a suit. I was like, yeah, that's me. Hi. Oh, you look so different. You don't have makeup. Hey, you see a What? <laughs> you know, I stood there laughing like for five minutes. I'm sure the guy outside that pizza, him, thought I was crazy. But it was so funny to me because in that moment, she only liked what she saw when I presented. Yeah. But this is me. <laughs> this is me. In fact, I, I only wear makeup when I'm going for either the show, but I, it's not something that I do every day. But the inspiration you should see is that even when I have nothing good going, I hope you still see me as something that you can be inspired by. But any lady, I think, who's listening, because I feel like that's the direction this conversation is going, is that any woman who's watching is to tell them: uh, womanhood is not a sin, it's who you are. If you're mm. curvy, I'm happy for you. If you're not, I'm happy for you. But that's not who you are. You know, growing up, my mom always told me, um, God rest her soul, she'd say, um, A beautiful woman is great. But a woman who's beautiful and brainy is very attractive. And sometimes in a world that's, and this is maybe to answer the question you had asked earlier, in a world that's very male-dominated, yes, you can show up in the true splendor of who you are, but what's remembered is your thinking. And what's remembered is your brain. What's remembered is your transformative approach to life. It's not how you look, because the most beautiful ones are not even born yet. You know, they're still coming. And so I pray that any woman who's watching will always look good. <laughs> because you must always look good. But in looking good, you'll remember to also make your brain look good. Yeah. Don't don't get it twisted. Your physique is great, but it can't be all. You know, our shows were hot when they were young. They were very hot. By the way, let me tell you, I was looking at a picture of my show the other day I said, Hiya, fine girl. But life happens <clears throat> and the wrinkles, wrinkles have no mercy. I had I was trying and aging up on myself, and I refused to put it because it was extremely shameful. But I was seeing myself in wrinkles, and I said, "My goodness, this is not what people remember me for." Yeah. They'll say she was once very beautiful, but your brain constantly lives through people. That's why we quote people who are alive fifty years ago because their thinking changed us. And so, to any woman who's in this business space, you don't have to use your physique and your body to get what you want. I tell you, it will be slower. But don't let speed fool you. Your, your brain, it's your biggest tool, it is, and your willpower to make it come alive. Yeah, don't let, don't let your body fool you. Yeah. Don't let your body fool you. Yeah. It sounds, like, it sounds like big sister Very conversations. Deep, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but don't let your body fool
0: you. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Nyawela Ashuki. So now, maybe you can tell us as we conclude mm-hmm. how we can get um, your book, okay. the devotional. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and how guys can reach out if they want to continue this conversation, but mm. they can see more of your work, how they can work with you, mm-hmm. contact you, all of that. It's <laughs> your space now.
1: My <laughs> moment of fame. Eh? Um, well, if you want the devotional, um, you can check out Long Post Alert on all my social media platforms, on their social media platform. There's a lady who's called Jacqueline who's in charge of that. She's fantastic. And I promise you, she will have it to you. So that's a good one. That's Jacqueline, long post lot. If you are interested in us having this conversation longer, my DM is always open. Like, by the way, I actually reply. I really enjoy it. Like, wow, I, know I listened to you yesterday. And I am like, oh, my God, you actually listened to me? <laughs> people think it's a high level of imposter syndrome, but I really enjoy interacting with people. But check out my social media. I'm Nyaruka Shuki on everything: Facebook, go um, no Facebook, but Facebook, Instagram, <laughs> TikTok, um, Twitter. This is me. On if you want to listen to more of these type of conversations, I don't think I've had this type of conversation because Christine is amazing. But um, for any conversation I host uh, on my YouTube channel, misunderstood. I know it has been. I you may enter there and be bored by dust. It's been a while since I posted anything. But yeah, I think there's something there, and yeah. That's about it. If you would like just to meet on your screens, you can meet me on KTN. But uh, the commercials are not this deep, yeah. We're usually just dancing and making fun of life. When? On KTN? On Friday night, Mm -hmm. between 10.30 and 12.30 in the night. And then on Sunday morning from 10 a.m., 11 a.m. up until 1 p.m. Good. Yes. So, yeah,
0: that's where you can find me. That's it, guys. Um, See you on the next episodes.